0: Welcome to the second episode of Filibuster this week. Uh the first international break of the twenty twenty two MLS season is upon us without a game to preview this week. Other teams in MLS, just generally, and there are very few better suited to do that than our guest tonight, Matt Doyle from MLS.com as Adrian Heath will call it. Uh, <laughs> Doyle, welcome back.
1: It's good to be back, boys. What's on top tonight?
0: Uh you tell us. I, I, I was saying I just moved into an apartment. We don't even have the liquor unpacked yet. So. Wow.
1: Wow, like, that, literally is, very in, that is very unlike you. That is very unlike you. I know.
0: You. <laughs> I know. We'll see if we can get that fixed before uh, we record the next segment. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh,
1: I, I just poured some in uh, an Italian, uh, like, Campari-style drink. It's not Campari, but it's like Campari, so a bitter Italian liqueur and a little bit of club soda. It's too early in the night for the hard stuff. There you go. Little
0: aperitif there. Uh, Matt, what's the... uh, Just start off, big picture. What's the story of the year in MLS so far
1: for you? Uh... I mean, it kind of has more to do with what's going on outside MLS with CCL. Um, The Sounders and and NYCFC uh, both making it through. Sounders with relative ease and NYCFC made it interesting in Guatemala, but they're both through to the semifinal. So there's going to be an MLS team in the final. And it feels like these are the two best MLS teams. Um, I don't think there's a ton of doubt about that. Uh, and it feels like it, LAFC had a great chance to win it two years ago. Um, I think if Atuesta hadn't gotten that red card uh, in the semifinals, I think LAFC win that. Um, it's close, man. <laughs> these teams are getting so close, and like this one with one of these two teams in the final against. Either a Pumas team that's not great, or a Cruz Azul team that is great but does not have the kind of firepower that we've seen from Monterey and Tigres and Club America in the past. It like it. I'm starting to feel like this could be the one. So that that is taking up a lot of my mental and emotional bandwidth, um, as is obviously World Cup qualifying and in, in Concacaf, which is just pure misery. Um so and so we with that that leaves me I'm, I'm focused on the league. Obviously, I watch basically every game, and I'm just trying to get a feel for what's what and like what's what now is like the union are really good. We thought that was gonna happen. That's the way it, it happened. Uh Miami is is a dumpster fire, San Jose is a dumpster fire. We both thought that we all thought that was gonna happen for both teams. That's the way it's happening. Um, Some young players have played well. Dallas are, like, even when they're not scoring, Dallas are playing fun, attacking, intricate soccer. Um, So they're, like, they're matching that to the fact that they've always, for the past five years, have been a very interesting club to U.S. national team fans. So they kind of have that hook. Sporting Kansas City, it looks like the bell has tolled for some of their... Older guys, that great generation that kept them amongst the elite for more literally more than a decade. Um, So it's all these things, but it's it's also so early that it's tough to tell what of this is real or, or not. Like, here's a great example LAFC, as we speak, are atop the supporter shield standings. They're playing really good soccer, they're not as dominant in terms of underlying numbers as they were last year. Last year, LAFC missed the playoffs, but their underlying numbers were incredible. This year, their top of the, Sh- the Supporter Shield standings, their underlying numbers are still really good, but they're not incredible. How much do we believe it, though? Because look at the schedule that they've played. You know, they, they had Colorado on short rest after CCL. They, they drew Portland at home. Uh, they, they struggled to beat Miami down in Miami. Uh, or Fort Lauderdale, I should say, and then yeah, you know, they 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 smacked the Quakes or the Caps rather the other night. But you're at home against the Caps, who are missing five starters. You should smack them. So like it, separating out the signal from the noise at this point in the season is very very difficult. Um, that said, uh, the Union are still really really good. So that is my long winded <laughs> winding answer to tell you something your, your listeners probably don't want to hear.
2: <laughs> uh, well, man, I, I guess speaking of our listeners um, I know preseason uh, so many moons ago uh, a month um, you were, you were saying on uh, extra time radio that you did not like DC's chances this year. Um, kind of a range of outcomes. Um, but now four games in, not really, they haven't really done anything, I feel like, that would have changed your mind on the field. Um, off the field, Taxi Fontas gets unveiled 12 games earlier than planned. Um, is that is the timetable to get him in? Um, do you expect that to be, or I guess maybe I should rephrase, um, what do you think their range of outcomes is if Taxi is brilliant versus if he's like Flores 2? 5th
1: to 12th. Okay. You know, like, if he's brilliant, um, you know, the Burnbaum keeps it together for another year. Heinzeich like, has a good season. Nahar keeps it together for another year. Um, and and Knaus stays healthy for 30 games. Like, you, that team could maybe win some games defending, which has not always been the case, not often been the case for D.C. Um, but then if Taxi is is brilliant then the ceiling goes up but i don't think this is a i i don't see a way for this group to be a, a top four team in the eastern conference unless you know ta- Taxi's brilliant and suddenly flores gets struck by lightning and, and turned into the 2019 monarchus morelia r.i.p uh, version of himself mm-hmm. uh, but like we're three years from that now it doesn't look like it's happening i i, I had hopes because he had that good uh, he had that good qualifying window with Peru back in in you know on Involt whenever it was early February, mm-hmm. uh, but he he hasn't he's he hasn't done shit through four games this That's year and it's saying. like it's pretty devastating because he he yeah. was so much fun to watch a few years ago and he's often fun to watch with his national team.
0: Mm-hmm. It's weird too. He plays a little bit deeper for them. They play you know just a regular wide midfielder. Yeah. he's in a more attacking position but unable to i don't know it, it doesn't make sense to me i don't understand it i don't uh, another either. thing i don't understand and, and is...
1: i'm actually gonna i'm gonna turn this back on you guys when Weeby and i were talking today on the power rankings show um or maybe it was yesterday on actually we do so many damn shows i, I can't keep track of what's what um you guys we keep adding talking... them the way unless
0: <laughs> is adding teams
1: right um <laughs> We were talking about DC United and he was like, I don't I don't know what to say about this team. I, I have no strong feeling on this team one way or the other and like I kinda of felt the same way. Is that where you guys are as well?
0: A little bit. I don't know where this team's going, basically, at this point. Um you know, they they had those first two games that were wins, but they weren't super convincing. And the two losses, they've arguably played better than they did in either of the wins last year. It just enough of it.
2: Yeah, I, for me at least, I think I, I'm coming around to the idea that I've kind of I've kind of hinted at a bunch on the show, um, and now I'm kind of fully embracing it, which is that. As much as Paul Ariolo is the more complete player, he's also the player that they're having a harder time repl- Or the, the player that they're having a harder time replacing is actually Kevin Paredes um, because now they've become a little more predictable. It's more cross oriented. Um, the, the attack uh, with bo- both Gressel and, and Smith are looking to hit crosses. Um, they're probably hitting too many um, and not from the best places. That's a different problem. But um, a big thing is that they've got one good dribbling threat and he's playing right center back which is fun and awesome but it also means that the guys in the attacking third that have to do more of that dribbling more often they're all off the ball kind of guys they don't really take anyone on um and so not having that extra element i think is really getting them and it doesn't seem like that's taxi's game maybe maybe it is a little bit i don't know um i haven't seen a ton of austrian bundesliga games it turns out um but you know, my expectation is that he's going to be not exactly like Ariola, but, you know, kind of close enough. You know, he'll be close enough in the categories he needs to be where that's what you're replacing. Um, but I still think somewhere in the balance of the team, there has to be a Paredes replacement. And Brad Smith's pretty good, but that's not his game. And it's not really anyone else's game on the team either. So I don't know where they're going to get that. And as long as that's the case, I think the offense is not going to be as strong which means the defense, like like you said, Matt, they kind of have to be a better defensive team to win games at that point. I'm a little leery about whether they become still high risk going forward and everything, and they just can't score enough goals to make it work. Yeah, that, that last description
0: feels too much like 2010 DC United, which <laughs>
2: I don't think it's going to be that bad.
0: But no. But that, that was that was the case of that twenty ten team when Penn Olson he he took over and it was the op threw so many bodies forward all the time. Uh and they couldn't score even then. Right. Yeah. So Matt, another team that doesn't make any sense to me at all is is the Columbus crew, or really any team coached by Caleb Porter, because <laughs> you you know like clockwork they're going to be really good and then they're not going to be good and this year they look good i i wasn't sure they would bounce back but they they look like they're up there with the union this year
1: yeah i mean i'm not going to go that high on them um you know they they have found a way to play well in their two road games and and yet give away results um and I know it feels like they stole a point given the way this one at the Red Bulls ended the other day. Um, but given the chances that Columbus had missed up to that point, yeah, like th- there were three points there for the taking. Obviously they were up three, one and up a man at San Jose three weeks ago and they drew three, three. Like that was absurd. Uh, yeah.
2: They have a quick game.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but they're, they're healthy again you know Artur is back in central midfield and and he looks good um yeah the wingers have improved um i think they have have probably upgraded it right back over what Harrison awful was last year so like they they haven't they didn't need to do a complete um tear down and rebuild they were able to to address some spots of need the other thing to remember though is like a lot of this early season mojo that they have Zeller Ryan is turning you know 0.05 xg shots into goals and we know that he can get on a heater and do that for a month straight we also know that those dry up those can dry up for 3 months straight as they did mm-hmm. last year um and if those go away do the crew have the ability to create high level chances at volume. I don't think they do. I don't I don't think they're good at that. I think they need brilliance from their number 10 and while he's certainly capable of that, um he's never been the type at any of his clubs to do it over the course of a full season. So while I think that they probably make the playoffs, I don't think this is a team that ends up you know in that union NYCFC tier in the Eastern conference. And I actually, it, I, I think it's more likely than not that they don't have a home game. I think it's more likely than not that they end up starting the playoffs on the road if they make it.
2: Hmm. Well, I'm I, i I'm kind of curious your thoughts on um a team that I, I kind of thought would not be in that discussion at all, but obviously we're super early on everything. But uh, I have to say I've been very impressed with Ezra Hendrickson uh, and the work he's done with Chicago to to turn them into a team that is kind of not that exciting, in my opinion, but also they've had so much excitement in a bad way that I'm sure Fire fans are like, give me boring and, you know, we've conceded one goal in four games. Like, I'll take it. What, what, yeah. are, you, what are your thoughts?
1: Organized, compact, they defend pretty deep. Um, they don't take many chances. Uh, and look, if you can... If, if you have a couple of match winners, which in Shakiri and to a lesser extent Shabilko that they, they do um and you could go out there and defend and not punch yourself in the dick, you're probably gonna win some games and for the last five years, the fire couldn't check that second box they 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 committed more unforced errors than any team in the league. Flip that around to what we've seen through a month this year and through four games, i don't think they've made a single defensive error and if they do they they have slonina to you know his shot stopping numbers are, are basically off the charts um so it's like yeah like just just don't screw up and you're in good shape and like that to me that is a first job of a coach like put put guys out in positions in a formation where it's all intuitive for them so that they can Kind of be free to play as soccer players and not have to take too many risks, and then sort of add the bells and whistles from there. It should be no surprise that that is how Ezra Hendrickson has approached this, considering like he spent a lot of time first with Ziggy Schmidt uh, mm-hmm. and and then with Brian Schmetzer, who were all you know, G- Ziggy and, and, and Schmetzer both were always or are always um, simplicity first type of coaches and for honestly for most teams that is the right way to approach it and certainly that's been the case early for this fire team
0: another first year head coach is pat noonan in cincinnati mm-hmm. um who who had to clean up uh, another tire fire down there um <laughs> they've got a negative goal differential right now but they have looked like a competent soccer team in a way that they never have in their history
1: yeah they they they've won two on the trot um, which I think they've only ever done once before. And, uh, you know, they're they're looking to make it three, which they've never done before in MLS anyway. Um, and, but the way they did it two weeks ago, uh, well, I will say this, three weeks ago when they played your guys, they weren't bad.
2: Yeah, like like,
1: they, like they, they found a way to screw up at the end and it felt like same old Cincy, but <laughs> they bounced back from that and went to um, Orlando City where Alec Khan stood on his head in gold and they got i think it was a one nil in that one or was it two it was a two nil um no, it was a two one uh Alec Khan stood on his head, mm. and like they have never in their three years in m l s had a result that their goalkeeper got for them they they just they they've not had the ability to do that Alec Khan's not going to win goalkeeper of the year or anything, but he's a really, really good shot stopper. and he had to do a lot of that that night. That is a win that they could not have generated in years past. And then what they did this past weekend against Miami, like hey, Miami's probably going to win the wood spoon. Like they're terrible. Um, but like Cincinnati's never had the ability to punish terrible teams. And it goes back, like Pat Noon is having his team play a different formation than than what Ezra's doing in Chicago, right? Ezra's playing a 4-2-3-1. Everything sort of flows through because He's got more touches than any other number 10 in the league. Yada, yada, yada. And, like, that makes sense. With Cincy, it's a Um, 3-5-2. The idea is twofold. It's one, uh, get an extra center back on so you stop being just so terrible defending set pieces it's just make a little bit better that way. And two is Brandon Vasquez has been dynamite when he's played with a, a center forward partner or forward partner. Cause he's more of the center forward, more of the, the target forward last year down the stretch. It was Brenner this year. It's been Don Baji to start. And like, you don't have to have an intricate attack. If you're playing direct and you have a pretty good creative number 10 underneath two forwards, it's very simple. Now it's more wide open than what we're seeing in Chicago, like since they are at almost atop the leaderboard in, in XG generated, but they're almost at the bottom of the list in uh, XG conceded. It's not what I expected, but it's fun and it's working and it feels like a foundation is sliding into into place as opposed to whatever the hell it's been <laughs> for the past three years. <laughs> uh, there was no foundation to be found.
2: Well, uh Matt, you just mentioned um a team that likes to play or that is playing now with two forwards and a ten underneath. And I have to bring up the Revs, um, in part because we we were talking about the Champions League earlier and um their commitment to playing two forwards and a ten, even with a three-nothing lead, it reminded me a little of Kuva. Um mm-hmm. and that yep. it was more I, I mean more of a disaster in that it's a more like lower stakes, but definitely a more difficult thing to screw up a three nothing lead that they then proceeded to do um how far I mean they're still going to be I feel like it, it's an easy answer right they're still going to be excellent they've still got great players how far do you think they're going to be off of last year's you know record-setting points uh, and and you know constant basically non-stop winning for them
1: I think they'll be 15 to 20 points behind last year's pace mm-hmm. I think that you know fifty six fifty seven points feels like the ceil- the ceiling with this team unless there are some uh significant changes uh in terms of the structure um and look you could you could see it uh, the the quality on the field there at the end against um against pumas like is the best team in mls really putting tommy McNamara out there in these high leverage minutes, like if you are, you're probably not the best team in MLS and uh, no disrespect to Tommy or, or Omar at this point, or, um, you know, John bell, who I think is pretty decent rotation caliber center back. But like, if you don't have better answers than that, um, then you're you're not going to replicate what happened last year. Last year was lightning in a bottle. Uh, Mm. so I, they, like, they have to go shopping. They have to figure out how to use, you know, they have a U-22 initiative slot open. They have to figure out how to go out there and get a guy who can, you know, sit next to Polster and protect that back line a little bit. And I think part and parcel of that is they have to change their shape. The Revs have not been good enough in big games against good teams. Mm -hmm. since Bruce arena has got there. They've been an excellent team, uh, but we saw it in the playoffs against the crew two years ago. They saw it in the playoffs last year against NYCFC, and now we saw it uh, against Pumas. And like Bruce makes fun of people who talk about formations. We all know formations are not tactics, um, but they're related. They go hand in hand. Certain formations lend themselves to certain tactical approaches, uh, and Bruce's refusal to recognize that cost the U.S. a trip to 2018 world cup and it cost the revs a trip to the CONCACAF champions league semifinals.
0: One last question before we get you out of here, Matt, what team do you look for first when there are multiple games happening at the same time, which one team do you're like, I'm going to see if they're playing someone and see if that's a fun one.
1: So That's a really good question. It was LAFC until about the middle of last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed watching the Galaxy so far this year, which is weird because they've been shut out, I think, twice in a row now or something like that. Uh, NYCFC have not played great, but if they're not playing in Yankee Stadium, they are way up on my list. I don't particularly like Philadelphia's style of play. but I respect the hell out of it. Uh, And I think Curtin's a hell of a coach. He's maybe the best coach in the league. So they're way up on my list as well. I don't find the Sounders enjoyable. Um, I respect them, but they're not it. Uh, Colorado's a lot of fun because Robin Frazier's brilliant. Um, Who else? I'll watch Toronto because I love Bob. Like he... He doesn't like me much, but <laughs> like I, I, I think he 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 always gets his teams to play such good, entertaining attacking soccer, and like we need, we need that right. Like like we this is still the entertainment business. MLS is still on the come up, uh, very obviously. So uh, we need coaches who have the, uh, have that drive to to get their players to To play beautiful, exciting soccer. Um, and uh, so those are the teams that I that I look for first.
0: I completely get that. Matt Doyle, MLSsoccer.com's armchair analyst. Adam, Thank I you.
1: can't believe you're not drinking. I can't believe you invited <laughs> me on this show. I had planned to. With had, that, honest, oh, you had planned I went, to. I went to the kitchen and
0: looked for the stuff and it's just not unpacked yet we're like literally moved today i was pulling some uh like crazy taxi type moves i wasn't really but i was driving with a loaded we a talked car about it, to get here in time um i'm i'm too much of a traffic safety advocate oh, to,
1: that's good Actually, that's good. especially, the especially with the short hair now and then the shaved face like yeah you're an upstanding citizen now
0: uh, let's not say things we can't take back.
1: <laughs> Matt, no, thank you bit so
0: bit. much for joining us. Um, just in case anyone's not already following you online, where can they do that?
1: Uh, at Matt Doyle, 7-6 on Twitter. Uh, I'm yelling about uh, U.S. national team needing to rotate their squad this week.
0: So. <laughs> and you're not wrong about it, by the way. I never am. <laughs> Find us at blackandredunited.com. Uh patreon.com slash filibuster if you want to support us financially and as uh, usual our patreon supporters did get early access to this episode so we want to thank them again find us on twitter at black and Red U, at filibuster dcu uh, plus our personal accounts uh, send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com download subscribe rate review wherever you get quality podcasts mostly though tell a friend about the show tell them About the insights you got from Doyle tonight uh that does it for us for Jason and Ben I'm Adam thanking Doyle one more time say goodbye Jason no one
2: gave me a hard time for not having a drink either I
1: just assumed it was out of the frame